is now. We're rolling here on Compton's podcast. Are we live? No, we're not live. This oh. be, how is that live? Teeny tiny. Fuck, I don't oh. know your technology, dude. <laughs> Fucking magic, I'm a wanker man. here. Fucking magic. <laughs> Star Trek team. I mean, how is he supposed to know? <laughs> so welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. I think this makes episode number four. A tricorder or a... It is. It is a tricorder. I'm here with Buzz Kiefer and Chris Newberry, and I have wandered into a conversation about uh, meat eating and brain capacity. And... Uh, However, yeah, so however, I have are. to back up for the tricorder thing because if that's a true tricorder, oh no, not I think close. you could roll it over my body and find out everything that's wrong with me. There's no, not even a tricorder, Buzz. Not even a tricorder can explain you. <laughs> I think of, I think of you as one of those uh, anomalies of nature that uh, is just too too strange to let die. You know what I mean? For sure. Ah, that's a good thing. I hope I keep being that strange. Original is impossible these days. It's, it's <laughs> back to, to vegetarianism, salt. though. Yeah, back to vegetarianism. All right. I couldn't do it unless I had an endless supply of coconuts and avocados. Avocados for damn sure. Well, okay, but why vegetarianism? Like I have yeah, my true. whole argument. Why do we have to? Why does it have to be all or nothing? Well, well you know what? You get right down to it. It's hard to kill a motherfucker. You know, well, but not it's not so hard much. to kill a fish, though. But, no, it's not hard to kill a fish. But plants will kill you just as as much True. as you'll kill them. True. Plants are homicidal, man. You know, I just I saw some guy on Facebook stuff. the other day try to you know make the unequivocal statement that we are herbivores and that's just what science says. Period. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not true. Not. That's not what science says. Not that's even. one of the problems. Basically, there's too much. If you're not science confused, if you're not confused about nutrition and what to eat, then you haven't been. Studying. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. No, I have neither this, does anybody else. I have this theory, and I don't necessarily say that it's an original theory or anything like that, but it's not so much what we ingest as a diet it's any given diet whether it be vegetarianism pescatarianism fruitarianism it's whether you're paying attention to what's going in your body and how it's affecting you once you do that you're going to be healthier even if it's just eating all meat and fat or whatever it is you know if you're paying attention to what's you know to your body and and what you're eating that just makes you more healthy i think yeah, I think that's part of the feedback loop. The people don't pay enough attention to themselves. I think that's one of the things that's going on with uh, celiac disease and um, a lot of the mental instability that we're seeing, not just from PTSD, but ties into dietary factors that we're killing bacteria in our gut. You know, every time you're prescribed an antibiotic, Daryl wow. Roberts used to tell me, he's like, if you ever take an antibiotic, you better take a probiotic with it. Really? And so think of all the times that people are not taking a probiotic to go oh, yeah. with something that's damaging no, their I gut never flora. Heard that. It's been decades since right. I took an antibiotic. And that has a direct impact on how you feel, and how you feel dictates how you behave. Mm. Well, not only that, but speaking of celiac, uh, with the advent of quick rise yeast, which was only since the 80s, mm-hmm. it's not a thing that grandma was using in the kitchen. Genetic modification, man, it's dangerous. Well, it just it, it cuts out the process. Of, of the rising, which broke down the gluten, so so it's much easier for our bodies to digest. Well, no wonder we have all these people with gluten problems now, because the bread, the cheap bread we're buying and eating. Genetic modification is dangerous, but it's also inevitable. Quick rise yeast and isn't even genetic modification, though. I know, but I was Right, that's, chem, that's all chemistry. Yeah I, mean, I was, yeah, I understand, but he said genetic modification being dangerous, and I'm thinking, yes, I agree that it is incredibly dangerous. 
it depends on whether it's in the hands of people that are trying to do some good things for the most part or in the hands of people that are just trying to make the most profit and block out everything. Well, that makes else. it real easy to yeah. tell, but there are also people who might mean well and, and, and genetically modify food and, you know. So it's so definitely dangerous. It's, we should be careful with it because it's something new. But it's but it's here. Yeah. And we're going to use it, so we should just try to figure out how to I mean, right. Well, I look at it, if you look at it, the grand scope of things, anything we've done in the last hundred years or maybe even thousand years is new as far as, you know, the right. scale. So <laughs> well, we need to be careful introducing anything new. Well, who knows? Yes. We should at least pay attention, like you're saying. We should at least pay attention and be careful and not just shovel whatever's handed to us down our throats, you know. For sure. I've heard uh, the argument made recently that modern antibiotics are going to be looked at historically as our error's version of leeching and bloodletting. That's how much, yeah. that's how damaging the, the barber. Yeah, well, yeah. there's What a he needs is a good bleeding. Wait, I hear you, and I, I see what you're saying, but I mean, at the same time, too. at least the back, the antibiotics, what were we talking about? Antibiotics, or at least have some effect, which Leaching and bloodletting did not. Well, it we seems to, or else they wouldn't have kept placebo doing it. Placebo effect. No, it seems to. Placebo, placebo effect, effect can make anything. Oh, and you do have a point. I mean, sometimes you take fucking <laughs> antibiotic like 12 days. It's like, it's like Granny said on the Beverly Hillbillies. When she said, uh, when she was, they were thought she had like the billion dollar recipe for the cold remedy. And when she finally sold it off for a billion dollars, she said, yep, you know, uh, just take this and uh, 12, 13 days later, you'll be just fine. You know? Did it work? Well, the point is 12, 13 days later, you're always fine. <laughs> you know? Well, you you know, you could just apply that to your point. You just made about antibiotics. That's exactly what I was trying okay. to say. I don't know. Anytime man, I've I... ever taken antibiotics, I don't know that it got me better any sooner than I would have. Uh, I do. I just bring a couple of instances where I was like, oh yeah. I think helped. I think there is some yeah short term you know obvious. Now what else it. it did? I don't know. And then that's where some people say, well, when I don't know. Yeah, it's boring. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. We well, can talk about anything we want. Okay. So around. the caduceus. Do you know what this is? Nope. The, the caduceus? Nope. Yeah. The, okay, so the caduceus is the... Ancient calculator? No, that's a... Uh... Oh, wait a minute. What's that called? Oh, no, the caduceus. You're talking about the... Uh... I'm talking about the coiled surface. Yeah, the coiled surface. The, I'm the... sorry. <laughs> you were thinking abacus. Abacus, yes. <laughs> the abacus. Yes, we know what the abacus yes, is. Yes, the coiled servants. Yes. Hermes. So, yeah, Hermes. And, Hermes. and the, from a genetic standpoint... Potentially the first symbol of the double helix DNA, and that ties into the plumed serpent, which Quetzalcoatl. Right, which gets into some very interesting, uh, some some history. Damn, some awesome history. Where would you like to? What? Which one of those sounds? Helix, fun? double helix, double helix. Go with it. What do you like about it? I like the fact that it just. Uh, first of all, I'm just believing that it's true because I haven't personally seen it under a microscope. But uh, I like the idea that there is a something. Do you believe Dan Winter though? Wait, wait, let me finish. <laughs> I like the idea that there is something that communicates 
all of the physical information in the body to the next generation in some way, shape, or form. That's what I love about the devil healing. Okay, but that may not be true anymore. It may not be true and it may not ever be true. But I'm just saying, I like that idea. I like that idea too. But even Darwin had trouble resolving how our DNA passed on information. Okay. Because I think we were always looking for a chemical solution. Right. Dan Winter says it's an electromagnetic solution. Oh. Which I like because... Frequency solution. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's vibrational. Yeah. It's electromagnetic. And I like... Uh, what's his nuts? Morphic resonance. <laughs> Rupert Sheldrake. Uh, this is this is what we talked about last time I was over here. Uh, but same thing. Resonance. Uh, I mean, yeah, to them, it, to them it's basically a the receiver, you know, and it's receiving a signal, just like any receiver would. Yeah. But it's an electromagnetic signal. So it wouldn't necessarily be a chemical story of what happened in the past. It would be like you're plugged in right now. You can, you know. Oh, right, 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 right. Huh. That's interesting. Which would explain how psychic people just know things. Right. How interesting. I like that. Like Al Petrolio, when he's talking about the sun, you know, he how the fuck would he know anything about steering the sun, but somehow it just popped into his head like, this is a true thing. Like, somehow the sun has a consciousness, right? Right. And it's steering its way through the galaxy. I like well, that. Morphic, is that morphic resonance? No, morphic resonance no. is Rupert Sheldrake's version of that where he talks so wait, about... Wait, I'm going to do one thing at a time. Right, so yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Which no, one? I want to do what? No, go ahead with Rupert Sheldrake. Okay, so, it, so electromagnetism is white. And uh, Sheldrake's version is has to do with the ease of repetition. And so he begins with how easy it is to make a new crystalline structure. And there's a phenomenon that's well documented. The first time you make a new crystalline structure, it's very difficult for those crystals to come together. But every time... Come together meaning what? Form. Build. Form. Like okay. the way a crystal yeah. shapes okay. itself. So, every time after that, that you put these chemicals together and allow this crystalline structure to take form, it becomes easier and easier and easier. What? What? I know, right? Like how and why like is polishing that? a blade or yeah. sharpening something? Yeah. So the repetition of this action makes it easier to do over time. That's the foundation, and and they've they've studied that for a really long time. That there's a lot of science to to, hmm. to back that up. But anyway, uh, so Sheldrake took that and then built out the theory that what's happening from an intellectual standpoint is. DNA isn't telling a leaf how to be a leaf. That leaf is taking all of the things that it, it has in its DNA, and because the way all of those things through epigenetics interact with the environment... Which we're going to have to define epigenetics, sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead, say it. The interacting of the environment with the genetics. Which so when that happens, there is a resonance... Okay. that holds the memory of Understood. or the, the information of the solid. Okay. And so the interaction of that the vibration solid being with what? the leaf, the DNA. Okay. So you have this interaction between context and DNA and the context holds as much or more information about the shape that that DNA is to grow into than the DNA itself. Hmm. And that's basically what, what Sheldrake is claiming with morphic resonance, is there's, there's this interaction that allows that to happen. And Darwin's postulation was that the sperm cells go from your lungs where they take in information 
and travel down to your scrotum and through your, and into your DNA and I transmit knowledge that way. You don't like scrotum? That's <laughs> the medical term. I know, I'm kidding. Say so there are three versions of, of the usefulness of the double helix, I guess. When was the double helix discovered? How did they discover it? Uh, well, in modernity, I am less familiar with those dates. But... Do you know, Chris? No, but it goes right into my... We'd like to call out to our audience right now. One of my now, favorite mysteries. Know, we, don't, we don't have a live audience. Should we, and, should we uh, start to generate a live audience? <laughs> it ties right into one of my favorite mysteries about where did the name come? Where does dioxyribonucleic acid come from? And why, when you break it down, does it say DO, XY, rib of the nuclei? God, Adam and Eve, rib of the nuclei. Yeah. God in Latin, XY chromosome, rib of the nuclei, which is an old term. Rib of the nuclei is just a phrase that's been around forever. I would say, first of all... We've looked it up. First I, of all... It's we, a mystery, because when you look it, it up, it's not it's not apparent who named right. DNA. Let's, let's break it down without the idea that it has some magical significance. Let's just take the day and take it off Truth. for a second. And take then you've got day. oxy, right? And then you have ribonucleic acid. So you're trying to say these other things are coincidences. Kind of. Okay. I'm saying it's worth looking at. I, I am. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so we got to figure out what ribo and nucleic means. Nucleic is obviously about a nucleus. Yeah. Right? So what does ribo mean? And then you got the nucleic. And then acid, whatever fucking acid means. You know, which is basically the opposite of a base. I understand all that. That would, you know, that I know. Would be just your basic etymology. But we, do, but we don't know what the, the uh, we don't know what the day is. If we went with oxy and nucleic, those are words that can easily be studied. So I'm saying we can fucking look all that shit up, which I've done, and there's nothing spectacular. What's spectacular to me is the coincidence. It is a good coincidence. That D O X Y is it fucking bad? No way that's a no way that's a coincidence. Whatever is awesome. Whatever you want to call we it. We can agree that it's awesome, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a lead. It's not a coincidence is what I'm saying. It's fucking amazing. It's awesome. It's hilarious. It's clever. Yeah. And it implies... To me, it implies... It implies secret knowledge, doesn't it? It does. And it implies that <laughs> DNA has... The knowledge of DNA has been around a lot longer than we're led to believe. <laughs> but with the CRISPR experiment... Not only that, but English is also a much older language than we're led to believe. Oh, really? Yes. I just heard the opposite like two no, days ago. No, but, well, from who? I don't remember. Like your sources. Somebody that studies that English shit. and English... Somebody that studies that shit like you English guys. and English measurement... The pyramid is what the pyramid it can be broken down into feet. English feet. Is it feet or are those meters? Feet. Yeah, I believe it. That's messed up because that's a really obscure measurement system. Man, I got a rehearsal. To us it I is. got a recording to session us it tonight, is, by the way, guys. If you look at it like uh what time? Yeah, I got a probably I got about two more hours to look at it around. Zodiac content. And then think, I gotta think go. Zodiac. And in that two hours, I need to do 12 inches per foot, all laundry. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I'm just going to go ahead and do the fucking laundry because obviously I'm not chomping the fish and jumping the shower here. I hope I'm not being offensive in any way. Buzz is going to do laundry. <laughs> You're so worried about being offensive these days. I love it. <laughs> it's ah! so not Buzz Keeper. <laughs> ah!
Yeah, we were just talking about how he's not even allowed to drive by the Bama too slow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even go visit Larry. Keep him on. This is, this is recording. <laughs> Howdy. Y'all. For, for the record. I'm sure they've heard. Not that anybody cares. Stories but. urban myth already. Yeah. All right, we're going to get some background noise going for our fans out there. It's called Buzz. Wait, 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 wait. You're, no, we're not doing laundry while we're recording something. Oh, okay. Buzz, if I walked into the studio and said, hey, I'm just going to leave this little machine well, He's got a rehearsal to go to. Just, no, it's okay, it's okay. Close the doors. Turn it on and close the doors. No, that's okay. I'll figure something else out. Here, let's, we can always move the recorder. I hope you can edit this and edit the mm-hmm. parts out. No, there's no editing. There is no editing. Taking a smoke break. Yeah, I want to do that. It's getting cold. Well, what we'll do is we'll just move this microphone over here. Or, you know, the other thing we could do is just, you know, keep recording until the time to roll, and then Chris can push play on the laundry, and I'll come back later and get my fucking laundry. That's not too awful, is it? This is what a smoke break sounds like on a podcast. DNA. (laughs) Yeah, DNA. Well, that beautiful little bug that keeps crawling through our veins. And our hair follicles. And our nostrils and our eyeballs. I do believe it's been tampered with at some point. Fair enough. You think so? I do think so. I don't hate that idea, but I ain't. Maybe all of it's been tampered with. Could be. Hell, we're tampering with it all the time now, ain't we? Especially if we believe in epigenetics, right? Context would alter it, for sure. So there you go. No, but if the good audience out there hasn't seen the video by Lloyd Pye, (laughs) everything you know is wrong, I recommend checking it out. Lloyd Pye, everything you know is wrong. Is that the one way? That sounds exciting. <laughs> I can totally dig into that shit. It's everything. Bigfoot, oh, aliens. It's just going to hurt my feelings. Bigfoot, aliens, DNA, all of it. So let's, uh, for those of you who don't know, we'll just, some spoiler alerts. Lloyd Pye's theory on Bigfoot is that Bigfoot is a uh, hominid, uh, just a cousin just a monkey well, cousin of ours. Basically, the missing link. Lucy, the, when we find Lucy, we're just finding... I thought they found Lucy. I thought that well, was they the did. point. They did, but that's the point. They're saying, well, that's Bigfoot right there. People say, how come we haven't found any remains of Bigfoot? Well, we have. It's called Lucy. But and people theory, still his... think that Bigfoot is running around. Well, we have evidence. Bones have been found. The, the stories are not that old in Siberia of a giant orangutan. Uh, light creature that I was. I love orangutan. Yeah, that was by You Poodle. remind me of an orangutan. Thank you, because King Louis from the Jungle Book was an orangutan. Fucking a, wasn't he? Then? Yeah, he was a smart dude until he turned into an asshole. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, orangutans mm. will do that for time to time. Yeah. Did you know orangutans are capable of more skills than they execute in the wild to survive? They're smarter than they have to be, but they're smart enough to be lazy and not work any harder than they have to. I'd say that's true of all. Apes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Including myself, Including my yes. damn shark. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Lloyd Pye is basically his theory, and it's not just his, is that Lucy, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, 
whatever you want to call them, they're the original inhabitants. We are hybrids. So that would just be the genetic tampering, the result of it. Or just a I'm not saying I buy into it. I'm just saying it's a very interesting theory. It could to also me, just it's, be a genetic occurrence. Could be. So, since you are the biblical expert, uh, tell us about the Nephilim. Well, from what uh, basically, uh, the, the, as far as I know, the word Nephilim is not actually in the Bible. Um, but it whoa, 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 whoa! Which Bible? The Hebrew the Bible. The one I generally read. Oh, the English Bible. The okay. English Bible, yes. And it's not an English word, so who knows? I don't know. It's a Greek word, I think. Basically, it has been applied often to a passage in the Old Testament which says, In those days, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, went down and fucked their fucking brains out, and then it stops and closes that statement. And then it says, and in those days, there were giants in the land. Okay? And that is often applied by um, historical, uh, you know, conspiratists to be. In those days and the days of Noah, meaning they weren't all wiped out by the flood. But we'd have to look at where it falls in the Bible. I can't really remember if it was before or after the flood. That would be after the flood. Okay. Abrahamic times. Well, or that would, before that's, that, but that's pre post flood. I mean, we can assume that everything that they said was wiped out with the flood was not wiped out with the fucking flood. So, you know, everything in the neighborhood just most everything out. in the neighborhood most wiped out. the fuck out. Yeah, four hundred feet of coastline. <laughs> and they probably got right? you know a male and female goat, a male and female you know this cows, cows. Anything they wanted to eat and look breed. at the animals left in the Middle East. Yeah, they didn't take lions and shit on the damn ark. I'm sorry, but that would have been Thoth. The uh, whoa, now you're going way back. The the wisdom keeper. The, the Nephilim. See, I told you, I've, I've been saying, studying up on the Anunnaki. Both is a, is a Nephilim, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, there's there's evidence. The yeah. the documentation. Maybe fit the bill. Well, there's documentation for everything. I do it every day. It's the only reason we know you're alive, Buzz. Hey, Compton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Me too. <clears throat> Perfection. Cold. Hold on. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm not sure how much of any of this and while Buzz is uh, is coming back to um yeah. What do we think? Oh, okay. Well, while while we're taking a little break, uh thanks for tuning in. Truth, love and peace. I think this is episode 4, which is awesome. Buzz Kiefer, Chris Newberry, the uh, bulk of all of this is audio only so far, so uh, none of this crap's on Facebook, which is one of the reasons we can get away with having a fun chat. Uh, but yeah, it seems like, do we want to let this roll, or do we want to come back to it later? No, I want to talk about C.S. Lewis. You want to talk about C.S. Lewis? Okay. I thought you had somewhere to be. Are you all familiar with the... Tome uh, out of the Silent Planet. It was the first in the trilogy of C.S. Lewis. Are we rolling? 
Oh, oh, the audio is still rolling. Yeah, the audio has been okay. rolling the whole time. Good. Yes, we're still rolling, and we're about and, to fire up Facebook our, if you want. Or that's, I don't care. That's fine, man. Bring it. Bring it. So go I ahead. Want, you were I saying C.S. Lewis. I want Trish to be involved in this. Oh, okay. Even if he's not familiar with it. Um, he said he's listening. I know, I know. Okay, well then I'll keep talking. <laughs> All right, the deal is um, these, they get a rocket ship off to Mars. I guess that's the closest planet, right? Whichever one it is they end up on, that's the one that they're on. It might be Venus. I really can't remember. But the bottom line is that it was, it was a, uh, he was like a Christian man, right? And so his, his was a, uh, an allegory having to do with God and the Bible and all that stuff, right? Okay. And so there were creatures. So he told this whole story according to this beautiful, I mean, it's like visually just reading it's like a, a stunning thing to do. But, but the idea that I'm trying to get to was that there was a, they call it the silent planet because Satan had fallen and he was the god of this world. All the other planets had their own gods. You know what I'm saying? Even though God of all creation was ruler over all of them, but each one of these planets had their own rulers. And the reason Earth was the silent planet, and the reason it was silent is because none of the other planets could communicate with them. You know, all the other planets, Jupiter and Mars and Venus and everything were communicating with each other all the time, spiritually, you know, or whatever, however it was. And the Earth was a silent planet. How do you like that idea? I like it. <clears throat> I remember reading it. It's been yeah. a long time though. I do not remember reading that. It's good shit. But I like it. It's a cool idea. Him and Tolkien were good friends, you know. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. I did know that, yeah. In fact, reading the letters between the two of them were really fascinating. Oh, I never did that. Between Tolkien and Lewis. Really? Oh, I would love to do that. Where did you come across those? I don't tell. The library. Ladies and gentlemen, well, there's still time. this thing called the library. No. Buzz is a relic of the 1900s. Whatever. It's all <laughs> in the library. It used to take me eight hours to find in the university library I can now find in one minute with Google. The same information. Google's awesome. Google is awesome. I ain't denying it, but so Trust is the library. So is the library. And hours and hours in the library. It's beautiful, and plus they got computers there too now. Uh, it's basically what people do. I mean, they. <laughs> I ain't talking about they, a little podunk town library. Use, I'm talking about a university library or a New York City library or one of those really fucking massive goddamn libraries that's got everything under the sun. Everybody has access to those. I know that. But even I mean, even if you do. You can get all the same information. Mm -mm. Yes, you can. Nope. Yes. You remember that Star Trek episode? Yeah, in the 1900s. This is a whole brave new world, buddy. Do you think that college classes, you think that they're not all online anymore? Everything is online. Oh, no. I was there at the forefront. I know that. I'm just saying. It's happened. 
Fair enough. The library is obsolete as much as you You know what? You're not going to be able to. You show, you pull up the fucking 1926 uh, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica on your fucking internet and show me that I can read every single article in that 30 volume set. Maybe not that exact single Well, then libraries still rock. And there's going to be things. Sure, you can. There's going to be plenty of things you can't get in the library that you can get online. Yeah, you youngsters. Is one of these one I can use? Um. No. No. No worries. I don't have mine set up here. I don't blame. Yeah, I'm not totally sold on the whole Wi-Fi thing. Books are still better. Books are still better? Books oh. I like are to listen still to better. You, know, you're, you get to be our age and reading straight on the eyes. I like listening. I like listening. I like listening to my friends. I like the fact that you guys go around and study and look up all this shit. And I bet you, come you down. could take your favorite book and you could find an audio recording of it that you loved. That you like the voice reading it. It's going to be reading exactly the same text that's in the book. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I got all these stories in my own head rolling well, multiple funny. voices. Yeah, we know. <laughs> For the record, Buzz has multiple voices in his head. <laughs> I thought that was only on Tuesday. <laughs> well, Tuesday is my day off, dude. Tuesday can't be your day off. That's the, the open mic day. I know. I meant, like, in terms of the voices. You know, in New York City, Monday, all the nightclubs closed down, all the theaters closed down. It's the weekly day off. You can't see a Broadway show. You can't go see a band in a club. And if you do, it's going to be some wanker-ass motherfuckers. And what does that band sound like? I've never heard those guys. Wanker-ass motherfuckers are actually not that bad. Knocks at the door. No. Um, I don't know who this guy is. I'm not answering him. How's it going, man? Good. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Got, uh, oh, we got box for you. Cool. You can sign right there. Somebody at the door. Knock, knock. Oh, this is my Christmas present to myself. Wait to see this. <laughs> Buzz is hiding behind the cabinet. I uh, am learning to be a good podcast host I'm afraid to look at the door what's going on over there <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> that is a uh, that is a beautiful package you say oh it's a delivery person it's uh, a, a delivery for Chris we'll open that later okay oh goodness <laughs> now we're talking about some serious gaming, baby. No, this is movies, buddy. Next thing you know, he's going to get one of them, uh, them things that you hang yourself in and you get all unconscious and and then you go all into the freaking... Oh, yeah, deprivation chamber? Yeah, but the ones where you're hooked up to, like, uh, uh, play video games and shit and live in virtual worlds. and I'm so down. 
Huh? I'm down. Yeah, you sit and twitch, you know, and that's all your like fake muscle movements as you're going through the. Basically, they hook you up in this little fucking system and they and you twitch. I don't know what you're talking about now, but they're they have like deprivation chambers. Yeah. Where you lay in the water and it's pitch black. It's a float tank. This is similar, but instead of being in the chamber. They basically just tap into your nervous system and fake you into, it's like dreaming, except you choose your dream, it's controlled oh, situation. I saw that movie too, it was called Inception. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no it wasn't. Because that, they actually were dreaming. This other one, damn it, I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, I loved Inception, but I also hated Inception, because they did make up some shit that is, I think I started to watch it, but it turned was, it off halfway. Yeah, it was. Sure. It had so much good stuff in terms of you know what it means to dream and be lucid, and I understand their little wire connections where they were uh, joint dreaming. That was cool as fuck, but there was just some things about where they had their little mathematical figures of how many layers down in a dream you go and you subtract so much time, you know, or add so much time, whatever. So if you're 15 minutes, 15 layers down, it could be a thousand years and all that shit. That's cool. I thought it was, I thought it was a great concept. It was a great concept, but I thought it broke it down to a level that I thought was well, too That's what I didn't like about that movie Chappie, I think it was called. It was supposedly like the first... Oh, the robot. Yeah, the first yeah. intelligent robot or the first self-conscious robot, you know, and I thought, oh, this is very interesting. Well, then all of a sudden they skip forward to we can download your consciousness straight to a computer. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's, it was a little too, little too easy there. Right. To skip to that. That's not on. I'm just looking to see what. So it now we can just download your consciousness and put you into a robot. Great. Yeah, well, man, they had that though? shit a long time ago, man. I've seen a couple of movies well, like that. If you want to live forever, and they offered you that. Yeah. You I don't know. I might. Only if I can be a vampire. Only if I can turn the switch off when I choose to. Now the problem is this. If I get to feeling claustrophobic as a fucking, you know, uh, electronic consciousness, I want to be able to have the option to shut my fucking self down and be done with it. Yeah, as long as I have the option to shut down when right. I want to. Right, yeah. Do, do we want to get on Facebook Live? Do you want to be on TV, Buzz? Why not? Uh, well. It only have about here. another, let's okay. see, hour and a half. We'll just keep we'll keep this camera angle over here, so it'll just be this spot. So if you don't if you need to duck out real quick, you, you can not be on camera. Uh, it just it seems like fun to get face see if there's anybody on Facebook. I'm not really worried about doing the YouTube live and the big video recording. I just want to see if there's anybody that want that wants to chime in on this nonsense. Yeah, why not? The question I have is what I do with the damn clothes. Something's updating. Yeah, so this, this argument that I saw recently was that the Nephilim are the original uh, slaves of the Anunnaki. And the and Thoth left as the tribe of Cain 
to the land of Nod, which is North America, and then peopled and populated the, the indigenous tribes. And that, that, that was one of the explanations for the lack of facial hair in indigenous people is that that was the mark of Cain. What do you, what do you know about the mark of Cain? Oh, dude, I've heard so much crap about that. I don't even want to tell you because I've heard so many different stupid things and it's all a crock of shit. Nobody knows what it is and that's the bottom line. Oh, so it may be a crock of shit. I'm, say, I'm not saying there was obviously some mark of Cain or it wouldn't have been a, such a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask, what that mark let, let was is this. what nobody knows. Let me ask you Bob this, Bob. doesn't say. Because I get sometimes I get confused about what I've read that's in the Bible and what's not. Do they talk in the Bible about about the people before Adam? In other words, they were basically no. Okay. Never. Where does the story come from? Because I know I've read it multiple times about the Nephilim being yes, the first iteration, and then modern man is kind of the second iteration. Well, that uh, and they they do reference. I know there is a, something in the Bible about how well they're. Basically, they're saying they're a little too smart. They're, we need to limit them a little bit, in other words. Uh, that's probably just what I told you one time when I was making shit up. No, you didn't tell me. <laughs> that's great. So glad I never cite you, Buzz. Damn it, here we go, Google. <laughs> yes. Because that was an idea that I had, and I'm not saying it was original, but I don't know where it came from. I just remember I was thinking about, you know, uh, you know, if you have a superior race, but they have inferior numbers, you know, then they are going to be subject to some serious fucking persecution, right? I guess so. They'll make kings and gods of themselves as long as they can get away with it. Yes, they always will. Truth, love, and peace. Welcome to it. Episode number four. I'm hanging out with Chris Newberry and Buzz Kiefer. We've been at this for at least 30 minutes, and uh, all of that will be in the actual podcast. But Buzz Kiefer and I wanted to be on TV, so, uh, so we decided we'd fire up the Facebook Live and see if anybody wanted to comment on any of our shenanigans. Shenanigans. Um, so if anybody wants to chime in, where. I keep wanting to talk about the Anunnaki because that's what I've been studying the last yeah. couple of days. But I was asking you about the Mark of Cain and some uh, other stuff. So, well, I anyway, you got what, what do you feel like? What do you feel like talking about, Buzz? What's uh, what's going on in your world? Glory, glory. Oh, Shannon, I'm sorry, I missed that. See, that's the problem. When I miss the comments, they go by so fast. Lauren K. Hey, Buzz. Hey, Lauren. Shannon. Oh, hey, what's up, Shannon? Hey, what's Shannon. Up, this, I think this is all Facebook Live is really about, by the way. This is the best part of being on Facebook Live, is talking to people that aren't here. Man, this room looks and having, like... And having Buzz, like, right here on my shoulder. This is <laughs> very nice. Very nice. He purrs if you pet him properly. I do. He does. So there are a bunch of people saying hello, tuning in. If we wander off, don't Hey, why don't you ask them what they want to talk about? You know, what do you want to hear Buzz talk about? What do y'all want to hear Buzz talk about? Let us know. Robbie Holder. I'm doing well, brother. Hope you're doing good too. Uh, so, what, do, what does anybody want to hear Buzz talk about? Chime in, let us know. Donna Slater, uh, Buzz is your hero. She said, I need a table. <laughs> I think that Buzz might have a comment on that. <laughs> uh, you I, talk, 
to them. I'll tell you what they what they write. I know where we can get one. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on this. You tell them a story. Okay. Jay Sullivan says, uh, "How how life is awesome on Perdido Key." It is indeed. I have to say, do say it's adventure. It's like good gracious, man, you can't freaking settle down for five minutes. And if you do, you better sleep. <laughs> yeah. Before I step on Chris's guitar, music. I got a weekly gig. I got a weekly gig. Tell, we'll purple, tell everybody where it's at. Purple Parrot, uh, Tiki Bar, On the Key, uh, working for Rick and Chris and Melissa, and they got me on their marquee. Y'all check out my ridiculous photographs on their little thing Bob, you know, sign Gizmo. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways, anybody that wants to play gets to play. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of school of rock over there, which means people that, you know, just work on one song at a time and just want to deliver that one song. We did that a couple of times. Going to do it some more. Y'all all come out. What else? Well, that raises a good question. Uh, since, since some people may not know, uh, how, how has your, where did your musical career begin since you're going to stand here? And, and tell stories. Uh, tell us. My mama told me. For all these people who don't know who Buzz Kiefer is. My mama told me that I was teaching the other kids in Sunday school how to sing the correct melodies because it was wearing me out that they couldn't do it right. And so, mm -hmm. somewhere before I can remember, according to my mama, I was teaching little three and four year olds how to sing a melody in tune. As far as I can tell, that's where my musical career began. You know, and then later it was, uh, you know, the first grade trip to uh, Nutcracker and all those weird Beautiful. people were dancing around on stage, but I didn't understand any of that, but I understood the music. And then there's the Beatles with their all different kinds of things. And then there was Star Trek. Boom, 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 boom. TV theme show songs. Yeah, TV man. TV theme show songs, really? Hell yeah, man. Me and my cousin. Oh, hell yeah. Like 18 now. B.A. Baragas is right with a big old man. Hawaii 5-0 now. Oh, no, wait a minute. How's that one go? I love it. I got nothing. comes together. Okay, Knight Rider. My all-time favorite is the I Dream of Genie. That's a good one. I wish. Dun, I, I wish. Dun, 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 I wanted Newberry Cindy to learn that. a bunch of keys like that. That's all. Just keep doing that. Do that. I don't remember the rest. For those of you 
those of you that are just listening to this, Buzz Kiefer just per- did a beautiful interpretive dance. What was the show the, about? Uh, Dream what was the show about the witch? The guy who had the witches. Be witch. Be witch. Yeah. That was another good one. How'd that one go? I can't remember how it went, but those were on the you know to do list. Yeah, you'll never see those TV shows again. Why? Harvey Weinstein. That's one reason why. Why? Sexist television. Oh, well, you can see them on, there's got to be some channel on cable that plays those, right? Oh, no, I'm not saying that you can't go find those television shows. They're oh, great. Right. You should you go mean, watch them. I'm yeah, saying... There won't be new shows. Yeah, there won't be new shows like no, that. No, they sucked anyway. Unfortunately. Oh, they ruined it. We should, ruined it. We should do a remake of I Dream of Genie. more memorable than the shows ever were. Exactly. We should do a remake of I Dream of Genie with... Uh, What's your name uh, uh, that played in uh, Love Song for Bobby Long? Uh, George Jetson. Nobody did the Jetsons. Nobody did do the Jetsons. No, nope. I don't know the Jetsons theme. Does anybody? Oh, I know it. What is it? Hold on, give me a second. Uh, I remember it's in the Lydian mode. <laughs> for everybody that doesn't know music theory, Buzz, tell everybody what. All right, that means. give me a second. I'm just trying to remind myself. Uh, There's nothing in there. No. There can be though. Oh, yeah. Take your bed. Meet George Jetson. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's it. I love how we have two musicians and nobody holding the guitar. <laughs> guitar is sure, man. You uh, should have gave us something better. Saw <laughs> Kyle. Uh, somebody. Kyle posted on, on Facebook earlier this joke about uh, playing acoustic guitars, and it was every meme he could find of somebody busting an acoustic guitar, just smashing it. It was uh, not something you see every day. Luckily, none of them were good. Do you remember the uh, right? Do you remember the Black Oak, Arkansas, with their guitar smashing stunt? Not at all. Do tell. Well, dude, uh, whatever his name was, you know, Jim Dandy would stand there and sing and, it, and he was, they were all like, you know, running all over the stage. So their last of the show, he's like standing there and he's finished and he's spinning that microphone in the air and the guitarist to his left swings his guitar to smash his head off from the front and the guitarist to the right swings his guitar around and smashes his head off from the left and he stands there like some kind of daredevil and just barely slips down under as they crash two guitars right over his head. And that's the end of their show. It's pretty badass. I mean, it's kind of wrong. I don't know, but I bet you Wild Bill Emerson is the one that started all that guitar smashing, lighting on fire shit. Okay. Wild Bill Emerson, do tell. I, for as long as I worked in music, I don't know any of these Wild stories. Wild Bill, so. he used to come to songwriters like six foot four Indian, long silver hair and one good eye. <laughs> I don't think I ever Lazy met him. <laughs> don't think I ever he met wrote, him. He uh, wrote, if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't okay. want to go. Yeah, I've heard the song. Him and Mac Vickery were doing a show like way back, late 50s, early 60s, mm-hmm. before anybody was doing that stuff. And they were doing stuff like lighting this you know, those monkeys that play the drums, you wind them up, wind up monkey. Yeah. Doing one of those. Fire and smashing their guitars and doing all kinds of crazy shit. They were doing like Halloween shows. Huh. As far as I can tell, they were doing it before anybody. Well, I'm, I mean, you know, maybe so, but realistically, there's probably been people lighting their damn shit on fire since the 
you know, dawn of time. When you're putting on a show, you light shit on fire. I mean, come on, you know. <coughs> Chronologically, that was the first instance I'd heard of it. Somebody's with, got to. <laughs> with a guitar. Yeah, surely somebody was doing it somewhere in some universe. I'm pretty sure if we were cavemen, we'd be lighting our guitars on fire. Matter of fact, what? we are fucking cavemen. How does that make sense? Well, that, I'll go along with that. I'll go along with that. That's nicer than my version. My version is we're just silly monkeys. I don't even give us the caveman version. <coughs> I heard a really interesting argument, not argument, uh, theory recently about how the Anunnaki could have been this hybrid race of Neanderthals and Cro-Magnon men that came down from the ice shelf in Siberia around the time of the Deluge and the Younger Dryas. And so when they say the people from who from the heavens came, it could have been that these people came down from these two-mile-high ice sheets that they had been living on where the temperatures would have been much higher. No, they would have been much colder. But because of the exposure... We think, you know, assuming that we well, had the same equator, the same poles... Well, no, there was, uh, there was documentation weather. of these indigenous tribes who lived in snow in snowy areas that would live on top of the mountains in the snow because they were closer to the sun during the daylight hours. They could stay warm. And so they applied that same theory and logic to living in these, these tundra-type places, which I think I am desperately related to these people somehow desperately not desperately sorry uh because i love i love that arctic stuff i love watching that alaska stuff so i think somewhere deep down in my genes and in my dna is a snow people can i throw out there go ahead and i'm throwing it out there because i want to hear what you guys have to say about it more than what i've got to say about it so the idea is simply that if you was to consider the entire universe um, and everything we know about the Earth, you know, we got a lot of different theories about different kinds of intelligences. But as far as we know, in our communication with other creatures, including ourselves, we're the only ones that are able to see the stars and beyond the stars. The question is, what if we are the eyes of the universe? We are the ones that exist to perceive beauty, distance, and depth. We here on Perdido Key? Us all human beings. Well, I think we're doing a really poor job. And the occasional monkey. Are you doing a poor job? Well, I think given my sensory apparatus compared to the sensory apparatus of everything around me, it's pretty feeble. Like, just consider the visual light spectrum for us versus a bird. There's so much light that we can't see that other critters can see. So, I'm not sure that our senses are the epitome of anything. No, I mean, they're pretty awesome, don't get me wrong. I think he means senses, in a more abstract way. In, like in a, a more abstract way, being able to understand the different lights you see in the sky. Right. So... Hey, it's a nice theory. It is a nice theory. It is a nice theory. Who knows? I happen to, I happen to also like the theory that somebody taught us all that stuff, but who knows? I know. That's a nice one. I just like to be smarter than that. Well, what if we're not the only thing that uses celestial navigation? And if that's true, well, I mean, what if what if these aquatic mammals that have 
We understand, right? Right, and we know that there are animals. Same that, with birds that migrate and all that shit. Right. That follow magnetic patterns or whatever they're following that you assume is magnetic. So there's definitely some consciousness there. That. Oh man, a fly is conscious. Did you ever right. try to take a knife out on the porch on Spring Creek? They know when you got your hand on the fucking fly swatter, and they know where that fly swatter is. I know how slow you move. Yeah, I just I default to Sapolsky on this one, and I'm gonna say it's not our ability to observe the stars; it's our ability to, like you said, I'm gonna focus in on the second part, abstract beyond the observable. So, like you said, the second part, being able to see the stars and contemplate what's beyond them, that's the part that I think is really special. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's yeah. not just the observing because every which other, I think is what he was saying. You know, it's not just about probably. the physical light spectrum or the audio yeah. spectrum. Or, yeah, because Sorry. we are very limited. If you want, if you want to live less yeah, than how smart audio and visual, be, even if we are the eyes of the universe, we're still not the smartest mother. I mean, if we're the smartest motherfuckers there are, then uh, you know that's cool. But here's the other thing that's part the of my theory. Of here's the another thing that's part of my theory. Is that even if the universe tends towards life and a predominantly intelligent species, and even if you could imagine that there are thousands of other predominant species, uh, intelligent species out there, that when you think about the distance between the stars, uh, it could, and, and, and the vastness of time, it could still be that we're the only ones, even if there's been a thousand before us. And maybe a thousand after us, we might still be the only ones right this fucking second. They can see on the level that we see. Could yeah, be, I but just I don't doubt give it. Us that much credit. Uh, <laughs> I, see, I see what you're saying. You don't know any better. No, I don't. And that's exactly why I don't give us that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <clears throat> I just, Good well, and, and that comes out of the conversation about artificial intelligence. What happens when we turn on the artificial intelligence and come to find out what we think of as smart because we're the benchmark for is shite compared to what real problem solving looks like, like um, real consciousness. Let me real say this. We're, gonna, we're at a point where if it becomes real, we lose the, the phrase artificial intelligence. It's either intelligent or it's not. Right, and if right. it is, it's not artificial. Yeah. Yeah. So well, it might they, be machine intelligence, well, but it ain't gonna be artificial. It either knows or it don't know. And I'll tell you at the point, the point I believe is when it can fool me into thinking it is a human. The turn test? Yeah. Oh, I think I that's that more good enough. Yeah, because I've never seen one that I've never seen one come close yet. Well, they the reason you like the one that can, the one that no the one that can conversationally fool me into think I'm talking to a real person, even if it's on the phone, that's when I'll be convinced. So here's my problem with the Turing test. Uh, it's dangerous because it allows an artificial intelligence to manipulate us up front. Maybe so, but hey, it's going to happen regardless. My, I'm just saying yeah. that that's what I'm going to believe that we. That'll are, be the moment. That's for when you. I believe it's actually intelligence. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, the the artificial intelligence is never. If I can, if I can throw it for a loop, if I can throw it for a loop, you know, and it doesn't adjust and it doesn't learn, you know. May I say this? Artificial close on that one though. Artificial intelligence means that somebody else is in control of what appears to be an intelligence. 
It's not going to be. That's a puppet master, though. That's not it. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's what. Why are we talking about programmed intelligence? Like, <laughs> but if it's programmed, it ain't going to be intelligence. It's got to be free to think. Okay, so we're narrow AI versus general AI, right? I'm not so sure. narrow AI is topical. Like well, it's like playing video games. Thing. When you played video games as a kid and you were playing against the Nintendo, you could always find some little loop that you could exploit. Right, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. Well, no, that, that's Whatever different. That's, that's a program right. sheet, yeah. But, I mean, you could always find what they call an exploit. Loophole. And the, the program's never going to learn. It's never, maybe because it doesn't want to, I don't know, but it's never going to learn and change its ways. Mm. You know, intelligence means when you go online, you start playing people online. You can have a revelation. Exactly. And that's the big difference between playing against a Nintendo or playing somebody online. You, those tricks right. don't work against humans because they're smart. They learn, they adjust, they adapt. Mm. So that's what intelligence is to us, to me. I mean, when it can adapt enough to the point that I can't even tell the difference, that's when... We will, My that's when so. we will have created intelligence. But isn't that a terrifying moment when you maybe think so, that you flip the switch and the first thing it does is reprogram itself without all of our stupid? I mean, it's all well. It's already sort of doing it. We, uh, what was it? Was it Google that created that artificial intelligence that started creating its own language? Yeah, it did. And they had to shut it off because yeah. they couldn't figure out what it was saying. Yeah, it was and talking about created a code out of English. They taught it English. Right. And they yeah. shut it down. Let's see. That's what I'm saying. That's more like what I'm talking about, where maybe a machine thinks for itself, but realistically, probably not. That was probably some weird little programming anomaly, you know, or some little virus that somebody did just maybe to fuck Maybe thinking for ourselves is just a program anomaly. It's a possibility. There's, a, there's one guy, uh, he's a mathematician that was a physicist, and I wish I could remember his name, but I don't, but he postulated this theory where the entirety of the universe as we know it could be jump-started with two lines of code. What is jump-started? Yeah. You, you can. Two lines of code would be all you would need for the entire universe. That's and like he, the Zarathustra And he had a book this Oh, you mean to, to start the Big Bang or whatever. Ah, he didn't necessarily go with the Big Bang, I don't think. <laughs> he had a whole different thing going on. I wish I could remember his name because you'd probably love it, but it was mathematical shit. If you weren't a mathematician, you wouldn't understand a fucking thing he was I saying. I think all you need is water and then a charge applied to it, right? Isn't that what they didn't they create life recently, supposedly like this? One of my favorites. One of my favorites. I hadn't heard it. Um yeah. Well, and there's couple, also the law the law of thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics that says if Basically, any system that life, does not have energy input into it will disintegrate, and any system that has energy put into it will become more complex, right? Right, therefore, life. Ah, not necessarily. Okay, tell me why not. Well, because who's to say life is the most complex thing? But it's a form of energy consumption. It is, but that doesn't mean that the second law of thermodynamics uh, dictates that life will come into existence. You don't think so? No, I don't. In a universe full of energy? I don't. I think it means that of course it comes into existence. Well, back to Dan Leonard, he says it's more about charge dissipation. In other words, how much you can oh, take the you charge. Mm -hmm. If you can take it enough, you can live inside a lightning bolt. I'd like to do that. If not, then you basically die like we do. You know? I'd like to not do that anytime soon for well, damn sure. 
the energy is out there. There's an infinite amount of energy in the universe. Well, and the claims. Why can't we just use that energy to? Some of it's a long ways away. Why can't we? No, it's not. It's all over the place. Water, just a glass of water has enough energy to blow up a city. Hell, human beings have enough to put in a little pod and create a matrix to fool everybody into thinking they exist. But I'm just kind of starting to wonder why we have to pay a power bill when, you know, we're hurtling through space at how many millions of miles an hour? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of energy around us, so why uh, why can't we harness some of that? Well, okay. are we going to have to pay power bills forever? I think the reason that we can't do lightning is because you cannot predict how strong it's going to be. And so you could have a fucking... A capacitor that just gets blown to smithereens, or you might catch a lightning bolt. But ultimately, I'm not talking about lightning. I'm talking about there's millions of forms of energy out there. I'm just saying hypothetically, should we always have to pay a power bill, or nope. should we technologically be on the verge where we can have some sort of free power? Oh man, we got free power. No, we don't. Power companies hold sway. And I all just paid 150 dollars for mine for the month. Yeah, hey man. I run my AC like it's a full-time job. And, I mean, I'm not uh, saying that's a whole power. lot. No, you're right. Some families are paying $600 a month for their fucking power bill. God. It's bullshit. Yeah, and some of the technology that I've seen in just the advancing solar cells, I saw a good article on uh, people always talk about, well, bat the battery uh, issue, the storage issue, and solar cells are not uh, chemically efficient, and they produce all this additional waste. Well, well and the... Articles keep coming out every three months that are, are breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Basically, we're eclipsing Moore's law and the the chemistry. Moore's law solar being cell. what now? Moore's law being the doubling of technology approximately every eighteen months. Um, oh, the, that's the doubling of the capacity of a system. Problem is, Moore's law didn't account for human stupidity. But yeah, go ahead. No, it didn't. It did not. <laughs> hey, you know what I think too, man? Because uh, but it's like, more and more human stupidity is. Wait. It's holding a lot of it back. If, am I interrupting you? If I no, 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 no. I was rambling right. on to say that it's, so, we're getting um, there. Uh, uh, the, uh, Isaac Asimov wrote this trilogy, The Foundation, which uh, implied that even uh, no matter how complex and complete a system can be, a thing they called in that trilogy a mule could fuck it all up. So, a wrench in the works. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the mule would be like a wrench in the works. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyways, uh, if you look as far back as like, the, when was Francis Bacon, 1500s, 1600s, he was already predicting the communication through lines and trunks and devices which when put to the ear would greatly assist in hearing and shit. But then nobody predicts no wireless communication. I think Tesla was the Tesla. mule. No, Tesla predicted life. Tesla, uh, he didn't predict it, he fucking invented it. No, he's saying he's the, mule, he, he's the <laughs> wrench in the works. I'm okay. saying he's okay. the mule. Oh, okay. He's the guy that all their plans and everything they were working This is the first time in my life I've ever seen this kind of technology where without plugging something in and actually, you know, making contact, I just put my phone down there and it charges. Wireless charger. How about that? Chris has a wireless charger for those of you listening. Anybody else seen anything else like that in their life? No, that's new, man. 
But that's exactly what Tesla talked about. Right. And uh, and you talked about my fucking head. Yeah, he invented. invented. And you can see examples of that if you you can build one. You take a charger, USB charger, split a cable, and you can set it up to where you can wirelessly charge your phone. You can build one at home. So yeah, sorry, power companies, but you know you're obsolete. We're (laughs) on to you. Hey, let me tell you. There's one little quote. We were phasing you out. There's one little quote from uh, Tesla that I read in a book. I haven't researched to know for sure it's true, but um, it would speak to the kind of man he was. If broken, it's, destitute. If it's true. No, not broken, destitute, and never. Yeah, he was. It was a sad and unfortunate situation that he was not a hero, glorified, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, go ahead, Buzz. I get upset about it. So, Tesla was busy on to the next thing. And he had plenty of money at the time and plenty of assistance. And one of his assistants came to him and said, hey, Morricone just shot a signal across the Atlantic Ocean. They're trying to give him credit for inventing your radio broadcast. And Tesla's like, you know, doing whatever it is he's doing, clinkety-clink, tinker-tinker. He says, Morricone's a good man. Let him have it. He's using 12 of my patents. Hopefully that's true. Hopefully that is true. I don't think he, I don't think he was destitute. I think he was uh, he was. He lived hotel. in the fucking one of the gr- yeah. grandest hotels in all the world yeah. till the day he fucking died. There's so he no couldn't have been destitute. destitute. No. Did he really? Yeah. What bothers me is that the whole J.P. Morgan cut his funding over the free distribution of energy thing. Like that's I know. because that's the clash of two ideologies. I know. So they didn't so much screw him as they did us. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Oh no, they took, a little righteous they took care of him for the rest of his life. There's no what telling what kind of shit <coughs> well, least, they confiscated at least they the took day care he died. That's another huge thing. At least thing. they took care of him. When they confiscated his lab, that's And no that's telling what they up, got. Man. That's really messed up. No because telling what they got. So that gets back to the Hell, they might not have actually confiscated that lab. Here's a nice sci-fi idea. The lab is still there. They couldn't pull anything out because they didn't understand how it worked. <laughs> it and so awful. they just fucking blocked off the room, and now they've had, like, CIA scientists in there for 450 years, you know, just fucking figure, trying to figure out what kind of shit he had going on. Well, that would, seem, that would make a lot of sense because if you look at the claims that we reverse-engineered uh, UFO technology to get to radio broadcasts and all that good stuff. Does the timeline match up for his his death, the transfer of information to the government, and the dawn of cell phones? And the alien reverse engineering was just a cover story, in other words? And, yeah. yeah. And they really stole it from Tesla? That sounds a little... I mean, once again, Occam's Razor, right? Yeah, yeah. That makes a whole fuckload more sense. It's like we were saying earlier, if you pretend to be a caveman and then put yourself in a lot of these positions and try to figure out the truth, shit looks a lot simpler. Let me tell you what I used to do when I was a caveman. You're still a caveman. Because, well, (laughs) I'm talking about when I had to hunt for a living. I didn't like stalking and running around the woods and having to confront some motherfucker that might actually kill me. You know, so I would, I figured out a way to haul a rock up into a tree and I would sit there and I would nap all day until some delicious looking thing wandered under my tree at just the right moment where I was able Opportunistic to drop that fucking rock on his head and drag that motherfucker back home and make, 
you know, my cave woman uh, gut and cook that thing. You by make you mean ask her nicely? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Damn that's, right. That's the way came <laughs> it's been the same from time immemorial, my brother. That's right. That's right. Happy wife, happy life. Right? Did y'all ever see that? Uh, uh, it's a cartoon. You can get it on the internet. Uh, it's called In the Rough. It's about a caveman man named Raw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's some funny ass shit, man. All right, I keep wanting to get back to the Anunnaki thing. Are you, are Chris, it's been hours now, hours. What do you know about the Anunnaki, man? And, and this whole coming to. Not much, thing. but I suspect a few things. <laughs> do, do tell what, what you know so so okay so what he suspects yes what what you've suspected or, or come up with what i've come like up with. like i said earlier i suspect there's some kind of genetic manipulation and they would be the prime candidates and that's so story. When, when and where who is they about? by the way don't know was it was that then why do we have a name for them if we don't know who they are how do we even have a name is because just... the tablets that the clay tablets that came out of yeah i mean Goes to, I mean, there's Zachariah Stitchin, you know, I don't speak Sumerian cuneiform, so I can't go back and verify what he's saying. Some people say he's full of shit, others say he's done a good translation. But there's also boatloads of Let's evidence. not pretend that ancient cultures don't have these kinds of myths. I mean, all of them are full of them. So it's nothing new. Right. It's not like it's an anomalous type thing to have myths about gods that came down from the sky. Right, but I also have to say this, if I may just interject for just a second. Um, the, uh, the idea that you have carvings on caves and, and stories about this, that, or the other thing, and everybody wants to think that that proves one thing or another, when really it could just be guys making up stories like we do. You know, could, All I'm saying is that the story of gods coming down from somewhere and involving themselves, let's say, intimately with man, is nothing new. It's of course not. Every corner of the globe has that same. We still concept. have it right now with so our Hollywood right movies, our government-funded right. fucking True. Hollywood True. movies. True. Trying to tell us the same shit they told us way back then. <laughs> It's all just part of the propaganda. That's all. I mean, it's a nice idea. I mean, and it doesn't have to be aliens. It doesn't. Ha I mean, it, like he said, it could have just been some other. I mean, if you want to break it down into a real materialistic, minimalist philosophy, it could have just been different hominids, different apes fighting each other and meeting, and you know. And, well, and you know, that's what I prefer to believe. Well, without getting into the Anunnaki, without going all the way to aliens, we know we have more than enough evidence to say that we know the. Aboriginal cultures of Australia have an oral tradition that has maintained a contiguous culture for 75,000 years. So Hindus, same way. We just chose as Westerners to not believe that. We just chose right. to say, well, they just heard their, oh, man. their math was wrong. Or If you talk to McCormick, he won't even believe that, uh, Abraham, that it's an Abrahamic religion. He thinks they hijacked it later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Can it's we possible. edit that? No, no, you can't. There is no editing. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Dave, Dave, he ain't gonna be watching. Dave will get his chance to give his verdict, okay. too. It's quite all right. Yeah, I, 
Dave loves these conversations. <laughs> Dude, we're talking about Dave McCormick. We love you, Dave. We'll talk. Love to you, Dave. Soon. We'll get you in on this conversation since you have. I hope I represented you properly. I don't think I said it wrong. It's okay. He can clarify for himself. It's okay. Because we, I've talked to Dave about this stuff, and I love hearing his version version of it. It's, uh, everybody has their own version, in case anybody's wondering. And, uh, well, but here's what so I yeah, think about that bad. ultimate division that we're talking about, is that until you can get... Abraham to sit down at the table and comfort his two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. How do we get to that? I thought we were talking about I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> you know me, I'm always going to veer back to the Bible. Well, I'm interested to see how the Bible correlates with some of this, the new information. Like, I... Uh, and I, I'll pull it up for us next time, but there is this chart that has the lists of the gods, the different names of the gods in different religions, and they all line up. You know, the, over all the different major religions, hey, Egypt, yeah. Greek, uh, Roman, <coughs> Zeus, and all of, all of those, but then, line up, and then they line up with Mesoamerica. Which is, <coughs> but then, like, we're starting to make some really big connections, or but, I've been seeing these connections that I've never seen before, and it's But then amazing. you look at uh, the monotheistic religions, and then all those gods that they uh, that the other religions have will be manifested in the folklore of the heroes. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> manifested in the folklore of the heroes. Yeah, the heroes become you know the gods are the heroes of battle and shit. You know what I'm saying? Thor was some guy, you know. I'm talking about the monotheistic religions because they won't claim a god other than the one. You know what I'm saying? And so then their heroes end up correlating with the gods of the polytheistic religions. Yeah. <coughs> so just because there is this adopted process of culture or an annihilation of culture. Not so much. I don't like a fatalistic view on what's happening. What is happening is the, the world is growing up by itself. This is where Chris and I disagree. I don't believe there's been, even if there has been conspiracy theories that have been trying to control you and manipulate you human my people. Well, let me finish then. I'm sorry if we don't disagree. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that even if there have been secret societies that are in control of government, have tried to manipulate us over all these years. Certainly, they're successful up to That's a point. That's why I say you don't understand my viewpoint because I've never disagreed with that part of it. Well, then there you go. But still, there's those of us who are enlightened right here and right now. You know? So. I think the, the measures of control are the made-up parts. So, you've got the calendar. You've got the money. Uh, what else do you need? My point is just that uh, what we I don't, like a calendar. I don't like What money. we don't understand and what we're meant to not understand is that conspiracy is the rule, not the exception. That's just the way it works. It's all been a conspiracy. Right. In fact, the study of history, if you just study history, it's basically the study of conspiracy. I mean, right. you're studying you know, right. revolutions, cults, uh, you know, wars. It's all conspiracy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. History, also known as... The things they didn't tell you. <laughs> the things we do for love. History and then all of the left out bits. 
All of the losers. That's where I like. I like the left out. There's no mystery, is my point. I like the left out. It's no mystical mystery. It doesn't mean there are people sitting around in black robes. It's just the other side. Around a crystal ball. Raping children in the name of Yahweh. You don't think they're sitting around a crystal ball until you see the pictures from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> hey man, I've sat around a crystal ball. There ain't nothing wrong with a crystal ball. It's just a fucking crystal ball. Yeah, well, it depends on the look on your face, though, at the time. Oh, well, you know, but if you're any kind of performer. <laughs> That's when it's like, whoa, buddy, what are you doing there with that crystal ball? Uh, you know, I don't know, Buzz. You and a strobe light and a crystal ball. I have nightmares. Yeah, and, I love you and, I, and I do have nightmares, by the way. <laughs> No, actually, I've purged myself of all nightmares. That's a lie. Good gracious. I just don't wake up screaming anymore. Yeah, we're, we're uh, 38 minutes in, and we've kind of been all over the place. <laughs> well, so we've we sort of we stayed on the end, Aki. Well, it's... We knew it was going to be 10 minutes. See, there's, there's that, is, that's but. the other thing. I would I would tend to believe Stitch unless if there was no corroborative evidence. But there's all kinds of, like you said, there are other gods with very similar names. You know, you can break the word down, Anu, Naki. Right. Anu appears all over the damn place. I mean, right. you know. And Yah. Yah, yeah. Yah and Allah, it's all the Naki same Naki is very thing. similar to Nagi, which is an Indian <coughs> from, you know, any of the country, One, not, not American Indian. And the Book of Enoch... And the the name of Mexico City, which was Tenochtitlan, Tenochtitlan, something like that. Tenochtitlan, Tenochtitlan, Tenochtitlan. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got the Book of Enoch, which is as from the biblical expert standpoint, Enoch being the Book of Enoch. No, 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 because the Enoch though is 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 non-canon though, you know. Yeah, it's not in the... Canonical. Yeah, it's non-canonical. It was not included. It's considered apocrypha. There you go. Because they talk about Enoch residing with the gods, who is the father of Methuselah, who is the father of Noah. But why should we let, you know, why should we let a bunch of Greeks and Romans uh, edit out parts of the Bible they don't like? I want all of it, you know. I mean, give you the whole volume. The Gnostic text. Bring bring on the Gnostic text, man. I don't, be, I don't believe in you know, <laughs> apocryphal texts. That's, that's no, because that's history. Like, if you right. look at it from the standpoint of history, that's where you get into, you can't just call it an apocryphal or, or text. Or should I say, I don't believe in canon. Like. I don't believe in canon. You know, the Catholic right. Church, whoever wants to be the authority, no, they don't get to tell me which parts I get to read and which parts I don't. Yeah, whichever know? side says we're right, fuck those assholes. They're immediately wrong. <laughs> like, nah, let's put all the let's information just, out on the table. Can we say that they are immediately suspect? Uh, I'll go with that. Yeah. Like they're not always stuff. wrong. You, the three of us, could sit around and make a decision. And you know, anytime you got to do. I never you, said anybody was wrong. I said I want. No, he first. did. I did. <laughs> he didn't say that either. He said, "Fuck those assholes." No, we, well, we I'll tell you this: there are circumstances in any situation when I want to buy they're automatically people wrong. People that people that tell you and they I know, quote. people that tell you that they know things that can't be known are immediately wrong. This is the way. This is what I think, and that no I think is related to what you're saying. Um, anybody that is absolutely sure they are right are in no position to even think that they're. That's right. not even my point. My yeah, point is, my That's point is what I'm studying. You know, any piece of literature, whether it's for religious or historical reasons, 
If it's edited, I want to know, and I want to know what was edited out. Right, sure. And I want to know the And Canon does, doesn't believe that. Canon says, no, you don't question that. No, it was decided to have it long ago, and that's what it is. Yeah. So our, our whole, you know, the whole Western idea of the Bible has been distorted from the beginning. Well, let me tell you my idea of the Bible on a grander scale of things, and I'm really talking Old Testament and especially like Genesis and all that. You know, to me, what was happening is obviously the Jews were conquered however many times, their libraries burned, so what we really have is a finally written down and preserved text of folklore that had been passed down since the beginning of their entire culture. Of course. Which they relate. So to me, that's what makes that so exciting, not because it's the Word of God, because it's a particular people who have done their God almighty best to keep track of everything as best as they can, regardless of whatever political bullshit they've faked along the way. They were determined to keep that story alive from the beginning of the caveman Which days. Which just proves, you know, gives more credence to my point. If you're going to edit and take books out, I want to know. I want to be able sure. to read those and see what you edited sure, out. Sure, but who even knows? What you're going to do, you know what? If you want to really know the story, you go get those guys. And they probably won't even talk to you. But there are guys still in the Hebrew religion who have every word of the Bible memorized, or at least a portion of the Bible. They have them there. It's like a priesthood who has every jot and fucking tittle memorized. Oh, yeah. So that if the libraries are burned, they still have that information. And one guy might have this portion, and one guy might have this portion, and some grand meister might have the whole damn thing memorized, but you would have to kill all the First Jews. First thing I'd ask him about is cannabis in the Bible. Huh? First thing I'd ask him about is cannabis. They probably wouldn't even have a conversation with him, man. But why not? When why not? biblical scholars tell us that one of the most <laughs> likely interpretations is that Jesus was a euphemism for psychedelics and that the majority of what was going on in early Christianity was paganism, uh, Gnosticism, uh, altered states of consciousness, and sex rituals. That's an interesting concept. Uh, the theory was not just theorized, but... That opinion was put forth by one of the gentlemen who transcribed the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. I think of his name in a few minutes. He wrote a great book about it. So, and that speaks to the difference between our alcohol-based society currently versus a psilocybin-based society previously, which also gets back to what we talked about where we began this conversation in protein involved in our ability to process information and Terrence McKinnick's theory of the enlightened ape because of following cows around and eating mushrooms. How about that for a bow? Hey man, you know what? I mean, to me, that's I mean, it's a concept that I've pondered many times in terms of the fruit in the Garden of Eden being some kind of psychedelic that woke up the brain beyond meat brain growth. That's why... You know, well, there's another thing that you can go to every corner of the world and it's there in their tribal culture and their religions and, you know, their shit. They all have shaman medicine in. Do the Jews do the mushroom? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like currently? Currently, I don't yes, know. Yes, they do. Uh, if you look to, the, they don't use mushrooms, but they do use altered states of consciousness. And they are <laughs> the, the guys that are the whirling dervish, uh, which that, that may not be Jewish, but it's a religion. <laughs> Uh, and 
I can't remember the name it's, of it. Yeah, it's like but, pre-Abrahamic. Oh, but it's yeah. a form of physically induced trance that mimics an altered state of They're consciousness. They're called whirling dervishes because they spin around until yes. they're so dizzy that they basically hallucinate. Yes, and the reason they do that is tied to the stories of their creation, which have to do with the spinning of the disk of light and bringing a new light and universe into I'm not convinced, being. buddy. You're just in... <laughs> yeah, like it's that stuff. really good to me. The whirling dervish. Try it out, buddy. Spinning of light to create... Yeah. The, they do. The, the seraphims. You know about the seraphim, right? I know a little bit about the seraphim. Mr. Biblical. Come tell us about the angels and the, All right, the, you anointing, hear about the, the anointing of light. I want to hear specifically about the seraphim and their uh, the beings of light. No. No, I want to, Buzz Keeper's going to talk about what Buzz Keeper wants to talk about. <laughs> this is what we're going out on. Take us, take us out, so Basically, this is the pre-Big Bang universe, okay? The seraphim. There was a God, a centerpiece of all of everything. And there were particles that were coming around it. And some of them were seraphim. But there was such a radiation of glory coming off of that centerpiece, the thing that they called God, that everything was in a constant state of ecstasy. And everything. So when they were surrounding the throne and casting their crowns and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, it wasn't just they were just, you know, kissing his ass. They were in a fit of absolute ecstasy at the hands of this massive thing that was the beginning of all things. That's the seraphim. How do you do? Circling around the throne. <laughs> I don't know. What do y'all think? How do you do, Facebook? Did fucking awesome. Thank you, Buzz. Beautiful. All right. Uh, on that, I'm going to step back into frame. Truth, love, and peace. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to take off. And uh, love you, Facebook Live. We'll be back soon. There you go. So Facebook's done. The podcast is still recording. So we'll knock this off real quick. Hey y'all, Facebook. Thanks for chiming in and hanging out. Thank you, Buzz Kiefer, for telling stories. My Chris, pleasure. thanks for having us. My pleasure. Uh, hopefully, we can do this on a recurring basis. <laughs> Buzz, you want to go ahead and, and commit to doing a, a Bible podcast with me? Yep. Doing a thing. I know Chris is down to do something. Right as long as I can have my Bible right in front of me. Oh yeah, yeah. This will be your segment. I'm just gonna <laughs> guest host for you. How about that? That'll be fun. Cool. All right. Truth, love, and peace. Thanks for joining us.